Welcome to the High Performance CEO Podcast. This show is made with one purpose, to help you create a self-driven and engaged high-performance organization, where we deliver you proven strategies and expert interviews on how to drive significant profit growth, create a stress-free ownership culture, and give you the time freedom you always wanted from your business. And now, here's your host, highly sought-after business growth strategist and executive coach, Patrick Rogers. This is Patrick Rogers, and today we have the privilege to have Austin Richardson on the show. And Austin is the CEO of Summit Housing Group. Welcome to the show, Austin. Thank you. Yeah. Um, a couple things about Austin. He has owned multiple businesses throughout his career, as well as ran multiple companies as an executive in order to help them grow and innovate their systems. Austin's very passionate about building strong foundations of a company in order to build upon. He currently runs a development company building affordable housing throughout the West Coast and currently expanding to the South and Southeast. So a very exciting time there. He has also had the privilege of serving his country in the Army as a medic for 12 years. First of all, thanks for your service, brother. Always, always great to have a, a fellow veteran on the show. You as well. I appreciate you as well. Absolutely, man. So Tell us, uh, before we dive into Summit Housing Group and your journey, um, what's one interesting fact that not many people might know about you, besides you got a chicken running across your back screen there? <laughs> <laughs> well, besides, besides the chicken, um, what a lot of people don't know is I used to run uh, Ironmans, marathons, biathlons, uh, sponsored by the Army, doing biathlons throughout the country. and So most people that meet me today that would, would have never thought that. Yeah, Ironmans are, are not easy, right? I mean, what, what do they consist of? Isn't it like, uh, geez, well, you, you would know, obviously you'd know better than I, but it's three things, right? It's, it's running, yep. bicycling, and, and swimming. Correct. And how far do you have to go with each one? Well, it depends if you're doing a full Ironman or yeah. half Ironman, uh, but quite a distance. Yeah, I, I, a buddy of mine was doing it, and he's just, just insane. I forget the was it sixty mile bike ride or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Well, hey, so um, tell us about tell us more about this your Summit Housing Group and and uh, what you guys are doing. Yeah, so Summit Housing, you know, we we build affordable housing. Um, so what we do is what's called light tech developments. It's uh, low income housing tax credits. So each state is allocated a certain amount of funds depending on their population. And with those funds, uh, typically on most states, they do what's called a 9% round once a year. And you get a bunch of developers that find a property, put a development together, apply for those credits. And it's very competitive. And you know, at the end of it, only a certain amount uh, get awarded due to the fact there's only so much funds. And then uh, if you're awarded, you get to the privilege of building them um, wherever that is in those states. So it's very exciting that uh, we definitely help people out, um, you know, getting affordable housing. I mean, that, that's the hard part right now. I mean, we're around 14 million units short in the United States, 7 million short on affordable. Wow. So wow. housing is greatly needed. So we're, we're glad to try to help in that uh, arena and provide housing to people that really need it. 
So you guys are, are building low-income housing, low-income housing development, and the government is giving you a portion of the money to actually build and, and develop the property? No, so that's kind of a misconception. There mm -hmm. is no funds coming from the government. What it is, is tax credit. Tax so credit, okay. They say, hey, you know, for instance, Colorado, here's $34 million in tax credit. And that divides out to about 10 applicants that will be awarded. And what happens when you get awarded, say you get awarded, you know, um, you have a certain amount of equity that is needed for it, which is the tax credit. That developer goes to typically a syndicator who finds an investor. That investor is looking to purchase the tax credits at a cent value. Yeah. They use that to offset the taxes they owe. So typically you're talking large corporations, uh, billion dollar companies that uh, pay a lot of money in taxes. So instead of paying 10 million in taxes, they put it towards this project. Got it. Which is significant, right? I mean, uh, corporations between, you know, double taxation, basically, I mean, you're talking 40 to 50% easily. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good program for corporations to be involved in to offset your taxes. Uh, I will say there's no shortage of investors that uh, go in for the purchase of these tax credits because it's a good deal for them. How do you, so it's a very competitive. So what are the, what is the government looking at to decide whether to award it to you or somebody else? What are the determining factors for that? So it's going to be the state agency. So it, it all is based off the of state, not federal, as far as how you're getting selected. Each yeah. state puts out what's called a QAP, which is a qualified <laughs> allocation plan. Okay. That's essentially kind of like our Bible. That is going to say what that state wants. Do they want rural developments? Do they want urban? Uh, do they want certain services provided in them? Do they want certain amenities? And so you go through that uh, and, and find out what the state wants. And then that's how we find the land and how we want to build it. And so essentially you got to try to you get as many units and the best development as possible so that you can get awarded. And a lot of them have a, a point system. So, hmm. you know, if you provide units at 30% AMI, you could get 10 points for that. If you provide, um, you know, green initiatives, you get 10 points. So you want to get, you know, max out the points uh, for that state. Gotcha. Oh, very cool. So um, how many units, how do you measure your company size? Do you measure it by number of doors, units, uh, people living in them? Uh, so the company I work for has been around for a little over 20 years, mm -hmm. and they have built 40 developments mm -hmm. uh, over those 20 years uh, with about 2,600 units, and that's through five different states. Nice. Um, all of them have been ground up development so new construction Got and it we so not only are we developers we own it and we manage so we have a management company that manages all of them so it's all all in-house 100 turnkey in-house yeah nice yep. <clears throat> um well cool man so 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 when we talked about in the pre-thing about what what one of the two one or two topics uh, or your keys to your success you had you had talked about that building your team is something that, that you consider one of your strong suits uh tell us tell us more about how you have been able to build your team and and uh you know what kind of team you have right now absolutely so you know over the years i've learned how to kind of keep good team members apart 
of the team as well as finding the right ones. And mm-hmm. one thing that businesses lack is the communication part uh, with their team members. And you, you have to realize that these, these people that work, you know, work for you and they want to know what's going on. Well, when you don't tell them, when you're not transparent, it's hard for them to understand, you know, where is that company going? Why is this person doing that? Why is that person doing this? And when they don't mm-hmm. understand those things, they don't feel like they're a part of a team. And mm-hmm. when that happens, there's kind of a lack of motivation to further their career or further their um you know, how much they want to work because they don't understand. So Mm. I think transparency is key, making sure from the top to the bottom, everyone knows what's going on. And I know a lot of times, you know, you have board meetings and executive meetings and everyone sees all the executives in a a boardroom talking and talking and then then nobody has a clue what's going on. But the rest of the company has no idea. Yeah, exactly. So I fully believe that you walk out of that board meeting, you go straight to your team and you tell them what they, you discuss. What are the problems? What are the things they're looking to do? Because the more your team understands that, the more they can help out in that process to get to that point. Because without the workers, that board meeting is worthless. You know, you want to hit X amount of sales or you want to hit uh, X amount of revenue. Well, mm-hmm. you can't do that without the team. So if your team is unaware of what's going on, it's very difficult for you to grow that company to what your what that discussion was about yeah yeah totally and how did you you know come upon this skill set did some people you know learn it from books other people learn it from experience so i i learned it from experience so i started to give more autonomy to my employees letting them do their job while i do my job stop micromanaging um in order for me to spend more time on what's more important than mm. the task that they are performing. Mm. If, if they cannot perform that task, obviously that person might not be right for the position, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I had to start looking and see, well, why are they not correct? Why are they not doing this task correctly? Mm. And what, what people need to do is kind of first see, is it an, unrealistic expectation that you're asking them to do right because you do have to remember you you pay them x amount of dollars while your executive team or ceo is making y so do you expect them to do the same or even more than yourself because mm. if so that's unrealistic sure. so you have to really find out what is the realistic task that this person needs to do for their job title so that was kind of the, the first thing i started looking at you know, the next thing is, did I, as a leader, explain that task to them clearly? Not just, hey, do this, but did I explain it from from start to finish what this task is for, why we need to do it? Did I give them the right tools to do that task? Did I give them the right training? And was I very clear and concise <laughs> in the manner that I presented it to them? Mm. you know and that's as you know we did that in the military as a leader you know yeah. you you would fail a mission or fail a task and a lot of people just want to jump like oh man my soldiers they they didn't know what they're doing well yeah, it's all their fault start, yeah. talking to the good leaders they're, they're starting to blame themselves because 
they realize, well, maybe I wasn't very clear in the task that I gave them. So now we're going to learn from that and provide more clear and concise tasks for them for the next mission. Yeah, it's absolutely right. I mean, I remember um, whenever there was problems, we didn't try to necessarily look for the person. It was look for the process. And typically it went to the training program. What what kind of training went into this soldier when he to, to allow him to when he was in that position, right? So yeah, I mean, it's, so you, you look at, at that from a military perspective. Hmm. Why does the U.S. have the best military in the world? Oh, absolutely. Training. We train and we train and we retrain, even if it's the same thing over and over and over again. And we go to other and it countries. Is. <laughs> and we go to other countries and do the same thing for them. We train Absolutely. them. And what do we always find? They have a lack of training. Absolutely. So you want to become the best as the military is. Take that mentality and bring it into your company. How can you make your company better? Train and retrain. And that's kind of where, you know, one of my statements was about going back to the basics. Mm. Yeah, I love it, man. Train and retrain. So you had mentioned that the other part of it, the other kind of piece of the puzzle was finding the right people for the position. Um, what's your um, what's your methods there? How do you find the right person? Well, so I, I started kind of throwing out the resume. You know, mm. a lot of times you look at the resume and I see this today more than ever when it comes to applying for jobs and i've heard it from friends <laughs> i've even tested it out myself to see how it works yeah and you put a resume in and it might not hit that one bullet point through that that five-year mark maybe you're at four years and you don't not only do you not go through but you don't even get contacted you don't get nothing it's yeah. just like you didn't even apply right and i find that to be crazy because how do you know that person? You don't know anything about them, yet you you tossed them out based off of a resume mm. or you hired somebody based off the resume. Right. And I want to learn about that person because I'm hiring a person. I'm not, mm. not hiring a paper. Everything looks great on paper, even business. Sometimes you could put together a great oh, yeah. business plan. and You, you think can hide a lot of things. This is amazing. <laughs> and then you start that business and it just utterly fails yeah. because it looked good on paper, but it's <laughs> not real. And so I want that communication with that person. I want to find their story. Where are they <laughs> coming from? Why do they want to come here? And what mm. do they have to provide? Yeah, uh, That's what I want to know. Because if they don't know an individual task, that's completely fine. But are they a person who's willing to learn that task? That's right. what I want to know because right. I can teach a task, mm. but I can't yeah. teach a person like yeah, yeah, their mentality. I can't teach that. Yeah. I mean, so you're digging into their character. You're digging into their story and finding out why they want to be there, which is really the passion behind why they want to even be at your company. And then you're also digging into, it sounds like anyways, their humility a little bit. How humble are they and how coachable are they? So that when you come to your company, they're going to be willing and passionate to learn your system, processes, whatever. Absolutely. Especially if you're in a service industry type business. I mean, you want that person to be really passionate, you know, to be able to communicate because they might be the face of your company. They right. might be able you right. find somebody to do the task very well, but if they're not the right person, you know, to put a face on a company, 
they might not be the right employee. Cool. But you know, the, the bottom line is I look for soft skills. I look mm. for people that are hardworking. Yeah. The soft skills are hard. The soft yeah. skills are the hardest to develop, right? Yep. I, I can't really teach a soft mm. skill, but I can teach a specific skill. There it is. Yeah. And so I think uh, people need to be a little bit more open-minded uh, yeah. today to find people. And, you know, it's it's difficult. Say in my industry I'm in now, in <laughs> affordable housing, there are not many affordable housing developers in the United States. So to find somebody who's going to know affordable housing, this could be very difficult because there's only – you know, a couple thousand people that are in it. And all you're going to do is trade company to trade company, you know, between these employees, there's not anyone coming up. That's, Oh, I know affordable house. You don't know it till you work it. Yeah. So I need to find somebody that's, you know, hardworking, willing to learn, and then I'll teach them it. Yeah. Very cool, man. Very cool. I know you mentioned before you had kind of talked about the, the micromanaging and, and when I asked you what, what one of the biggest failures as a CEO was, you actually said micromanaging. You said you mentioned you had a, maybe a story or two behind that to share. Yeah. So in my past, I, I ran this one company and it, you know, the, the employees weren't happy. Right. And no. I couldn't really understand at the time. You know, I was new. Uh, this was kind of a start for me. <laughs> but what I was doing, you know, I was micromanaging them. I was giving them all tasks, but then I was constantly, well, where are you on this? How is this going? Well, oh, well, you're not doing that right, so let me do it. Mm, and you were just jumping in and taking it over for them. Exactly. And and I kind of learned the hard way of that is, well, sure, you could do everything yourself, but then you want to have employees. Yeah. And how would you yeah. grow the company? So then I started, you know, somebody kind of waking me up on that and – I started stepping back, giving them a task, letting them complete it. Yeah. And going back to my military mindset of, okay, yeah. you complete yeah. the task. Now let's kind of do an AR of how did you do? Okay. Yeah. Well, here's where you did well. Here's where you could do better. And here's where I need to do better on training you to do the things you didn't do very well. And so I started there. What's and AR realized, stand for, for the, uh, for the audience? Yeah. <laughs> What what's AR stand for? Uh, after action review. There you go. Okay, cool. Man, it's been a while now. After action is a review or report? <laughs> I don't remember, man. It's been twenty three years since I've been. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So so uh, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, we've all fallen into the trap, right? We we get um, just you know just we we all have to learn a lot of times the hard way. But the other thing that micromanaging does is it just robs them of the pride and the ownership of whatever you're doing. And, and it's even like, it's even in conversations, you know, when, when an employee comes up and they have an idea for something, they give you the idea. And I've noticed it with my kids too. And then anytime I come back say, that's a good idea. Well, why don't you also do this? Or you could do this. It just totally like invalidated them. But if they come to me with a question, that's different. That that's totally yeah. different. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So um, any other things that in building a team that have been key for you? Uh, you know, making sure that you give them meaning and encouragement on what they're doing. Um, you know, give them recognition uh, recognition mm -hmm. on what they've done. Tell them mm -hmm. that they're doing a good job. Um, also, you know, at the same time, correct correcting them, right? 
Every, sure. Everyone needs to be corrected, but correct them in a kind manner, mm. not a forceful manner. You know, yeah. sit down with them, talk with them, ask them how their life's going, you know, tell them how well they're doing at their job and then get into the correction and just being very kind. Okay. You know, I, I saw you're doing something uh, that's not working very well. Let me try to help you through this. And let's try to figure out maybe a better way that uh, can help you do it better. Yeah. Um, but not just saying, Hey, you're doing this wrong. Go talk to somebody and figure out what you're doing wrong or just giving that task to somebody else. Right. But kind of mentor them. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Actually coaching and mentoring them versus just a, you know, a slap, <clears throat> slap in their hand. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I know you mentioned, you talked about kind of focusing on the basics a little bit before, and you were, you were talking about also setting goals for the company. And a lot of times the team is looking at the goal, but missing some of the basics. Uh, talk more about that. What, what do you mean by the basics? Well, I'll give you an example kind of in the service industry. You know, you, you provide a service, uh, you know, whether it's a home improvement or financial or, or what have you. Yeah. And you start wanting to build your company. So now you're starting to look at the goal of gaining revenue by gaining more clients, right? but you're missing the basics and the basics mm. would be customer service. Mm. You know, now you're trying to add more clients, but maybe you don't have enough, you know, CSRs in the company to answer the phones. You don't have enough workers to even do all the work. So they're having to go through quicker, you know, say a landscaping company, yeah. you have a four man crew. Through, you know, you could do that house in four hours and then they can do 10 houses a day or, or, or what have you. And well, you want to make more money. So let's give them 12 houses. Let's give them right. 15 houses. Right, right, well, right. there's only so much time in a day. So what's going to happen? Sure. sure. Going yeah. to crunch down the time on a customer. Cut, cut corners. Yeah. Not yeah. give the extra attention to them, the personal conversation. Exactly. And in a lot of, companies they'll see oh well we're we're gaining traction we're getting more more uh clients and they're starting to forget the ones they're losing because they're gaining so many well at some point in time it's going to catch up onto you yeah there's you're, a lot of diminishing gonna, returns yep your reviews are going to get bad you're going to have a constant uh, rotation of customers instead of clients that you've had for 20 years and so that's what i'm talking about you got to go back to the basics why did you create this company and then how did you create it? You know, in a lot of uh, startup uh, service companies, I, I just talk about landscape, just keep it simple. But sure, yeah. what did you do yourself? You went out there, you you got a couple houses, you started getting more houses. So you hired somebody to help you. And then, you know, in order to build the company, you had yeah. to find employees. But how did you get those first customers? You didn't do it by having a four hour job and doing it two hours. No. You did it because you had a four-hour job and you did it in six. Why? Right. Because right. you did additional things to make them happy. Exactly. And then they kept calling you back. So don't forget what's why you started it. And that can go to any business. It doesn't have to be um, a service uh, industry business. But go back to your mission. Why did you start this? Go back to your why. You know, yeah. why, why, yeah. why are you doing this? Yeah. 
And that's, that's sage advice, man, because we, that's what happens. We get in business and then we start looking at the, the profit margins and, and this and that and the numbers, and we forget exactly why we did it. And the most important part, which is serving the customer, making them happy. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Awesome. <clears throat> so what's, um, what's next for you guys? Well, right. For our, our company, we're just, uh, we're building out. We're going to more states. Yeah. So you said the South and Southeast. Is that uh, is that a pretty aggressive push? Is it just, uh, do you have any date or timelines around that? Well, I'll be entering into four more states within the next 10 months. Okay. So pretty aggressive then. It sounds yeah. like it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm hiring a few people to the team and uh -huh. preps for that as well. Fantastic, man. That is uh, congratulations on that. Um, so you, any expectations on um, when you think you'll like double in size type of thing, or is there any kind of goals around that or? Yeah, I'd probably say we'll, we'll double in two years. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, hey, Austin, great to have you in the show. Let, let me go ahead and summarize uh, a few of my takeaways um, for, from all the just this great stuff. So number one is uh, how to build a team. And one of the most important things that sounded like you were saying is, is communication, having that transparency. And if you don't have that transparency, they don't feel like they're a part of the team. And this goes from the top to the bottom and, and giving them the autonomy, uh, not micromanaging. You have some you know personal lessons learned there, <clears throat> giving them the proper training, the proper tools, yeah, the right instructions and everything that goes into it. And then before you even can build the teams, how do you find the right team? And it sounds like you really nailed that down. First of all, you throw out the resume, which I think is awesome. Um, you're hiring a person, not a piece of paper, and and you're looking for character, passion, ability to communicate, and, and humility. Are they coachable to be able to learn what you guys are doing? And then once you have your team, again, you, you're giving them meaning and encouragement. You're giving them recognition. Um, focusing on a goal, again, really the basics. You have a goal, but but if you focus on it too much and give up, you know, the, at the expense of customer service, at the expense of why you built the company in the first place and kind of almost going back and making sure that as you scale and grow a company, the same customer service that you gave to grow it is still going to be there in the rest of your team as you scale. Um, it, it, great nuggets, Austin. So, so let me ask if there was one takeaway that you'd really want the audience to absorb from our time here together today, what would that be? That, you know, that would be to be kind, be kind to everyone around you, your, your customers, your employees, your workers, your subcontractors, anybody around you, be kind because you don't know where that person's coming from. Mm. Yeah. You don't know their story. You don't know what's going on. Do you mean like in there's, there's certain times where someone could have a, a negative event happen in their, in their life and they're coming in and they're, it's affecting how they're communicating, how they're working or doing whatever. Absolutely. Don't, don't fire right away. Be kind. Absolutely. Don't, uh, don't take your emotions and use mm -hmm. them right away. Mm -hmm. Sit back, observe, listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then figure out what's going on. Ask them what's going on. And I could go from mm -hmm. your employee, I could go to your client. 
you know, client <laughs> might be at you for something, but it not might it might not be you. Yeah. But you'll find that out in time. And the, mm. the key is patience. Man, that could go to your spouse, children, hundred percent, right? I mean, we we just we're human beings. We we have a tendency to overly or not overly, but uh, naturally overreact. Absolutely. I know I have a lot of people always tell me they can't believe I stay very calm in an in an argument, or if somebody's mad at me on a job site and they're just yelling and I stay calm, you know, I don't allow it to affect me. Of course, internally, I'm pissed. You know, you're yelling at me. We're not doing that wrong. But at the end of the day, you know, firing back, just nobody good. Letting them put their frustrations out and letting them cool down and then have that communication another day works out for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the premise too, if you always come from a premise that, that as, as a general rule, people have the right intentions. I mean, everybody wants to do the right thing. Really. If you have, and I believe that, and and if you believe that, then you, you can really put yourself in their shoes and understand, you know what, they they, they just might've got a phone call that they're, you know, mother passed away or something happened. And this person is just down in the doldrums, can't even focus. Right. You know, whatever it is. I think that's great advice, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Austin. So if any of our listeners want to reach out and get a hold of you for any follow-up questions, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, you could look me up on uh, summithousinggroup.com and okay. uh, reach out to me that way. Okay. Awesome. And we'll have your LinkedIn profile on the, uh, on the website as well. So, um, This was great, Austin. Again, thanks for hopping on the show with me. Absolutely. Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. You have yourself a great day. Yeah, awesome. And so for the listeners, please hit the like and subscribe button. Help us spread the word about what we're doing. We're helping the next generation of leaders and CEOs be that much more successful. With that, this is your host, Patrick Rogers, and we'll see you on the next show. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to another episode of the High Performance CEO Podcast with your host, Patrick Rogers. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out our main website at patrickvrogers.com for much more valuable information and free resources.